Welcome to Corner of the Galaxy on cornerofthegalaxy.com. I'm Josh Gessman along with Jared Dubois. And on today's show, we're going to be recapping the 2-1 late win for the LA Galaxy. We'll get you updated on team news, standings, and the big game against the New York Red Bulls coming up on Sunday. Plus, we'll be joined by LA Galaxy midfielder Rafael Garcia. It's a packed show before a highly anticipated game in New York. So don't go anywhere. You're listening to Corner of the Galaxy on cornerofthegalaxy.com. And it all starts right now. You're listening to Corner of the Galaxy on cornerofthegalaxy.com. Now here are your hosts, Josh Gethman and Jared Dubois. Welcome to another exciting episode of Corner of the Galaxy on cornerofthegalaxy.com. I am your host, Josh Gessman. He is Mr. Jared Dubois in the house. We have an exciting show for you. Like I said, LA Galaxy midfielder Rafael Garcia is scheduled to join me in the center segment, so look for that coming up. But first thing is first, we have a bunch to talk about whenever it comes to the LA Galaxy's 2-1 victory over Sporting Kansas City. It was a, a, a good fight, a, a good win for the Galaxy, a game maybe they didn't deserve to win, but they've been on the end of some where they probably didn't deserve to lose, Jared. So overall, I hate that. What you, like, you tweeted that from the Galaxy, the, the corner of the Galaxy Twitter account that night, and I hated that. I actually sent a tweet not referencing it, but I hate that you say that. The, like, the whole what, deserve what do you mean win? doesn't deserve? Like, I mean, they scored a goal. They, they did. They scored two goals. I mean, okay, I, I they get They scored it. the the winning goal, and like, why why don't they deserve to win? I just I don't think they played particularly well, and I don't think. And, and wait, wait, Kansas City did. I don't think I don't quite honestly I don't think Kansas City yeah I, I mean they didn't Seriously, play very well games either where no one deserves to win I think sometimes that might be the case I mean somebody has to win right okay but, I think we're in very I think we're just in different positions then because like someone always deserves to win if someone wins that's the way I think of it but yeah but that's very I, black and white isn't it it's like you know there's no no shade of gray there's no interpretation in that there's nothing no I think there's interpretation in it if like let's take for example let's say Kansas City dominated that game couldn't get a goal. L.A. snuck one in or there's an own goal or something like that, then, yeah, maybe L.A. doesn't deserve to win. Mm -hmm. I don't think Kansas City did anything in this game to deserve a win either. But I don't think the Galaxy was necessarily terrible. I mean, they're playing without a number of of starters. I think given what they had up against them, they had a pretty good night, to be honest with you. I I think the Galaxy played well. I mean, I think they, you got me hot already. I, I know it was the first thing. I already ticked you off. We're already we're already sliding away from uh, from. No, I I think that. The Galaxy played okay. 
for for who was on the field, it was great. And I think that Kansas City was also also played okay. I mean, there yeah, was but nothing... they had their full complement of players okay. outside of I don't know. I think Icopar is the only guy that they're they're missing really from their starting lineup in, in this situation. Um, yeah, yeah I... but can you say that either of those teams? Re- okay, see, I'm going to get into trouble because I'm going to ask you the question, and you're like, "Yes." Do you think either of those teams really did enough to win? Yes, the LA Galaxy scored the two goals, but I almost fell asleep in the second half of this game. Okay, it, but I mean, so you're saying it's not entertaining. That's it, different it than not, saying someone doesn't deserve to win. I, 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 if you're saying I it wasn't entertaining, cool. I can, I can get behind that. <clears throat> I can say that there was large stretches of the game where it was uninspired and not entertaining. Cool. I can definitely get with that. I would say that's less... I, I would say that, that doesn't necessarily say much about the game overall, though, because I think when you think of the fact that uh, Robbie Keane, Giassi Zardes, Al, uh, Omar Gonzalez. Right. All these guys aren't starting. Just Steven Gerrard isn't here yet. There's a big hole from where Landon Donovan was. And then you get a 2-1 win to keep your home winning streak, or your home undefeated streak going. Right. And you did it against a very a starting lineup for one of the better teams in the East. I think that's a good result. Is it entertaining? No, Josh, I'm totally with you. Not entertaining. Definitely thought of things not to get inspired about, but a different type of inspiration could be drawn from the fact that this team's getting results is above the 1.5 point per game mark that I've been saying all season long they need to stay at for when Gerard gets here. Right. And getting enough results, uh, way under understaffed, I mean, I think it's a positive result. Oh, it's a huge result. I mean, it's very... If you would have told me that before going into Seattle and Sporting Kansas City that you'd be without Robbie Keane, that uh-huh. in the second game you wouldn't start Omar Gonzalez and Giassi Zardes, and you would still come away with six points in two games, I would have slapped you because you were clearly insane. So, why are you such a hater? Why am I such a hater? Why? It, it wasn't so much hating. This is a it weird just, place for us to be. It, it You're is. You're usually rah-rah with yeah, your, with your yeah, pom-poms yes. for the Galaxy, and yeah. I'm not. Yeah. They have me meh so far. How about that? Meh. They have you what? Meh. M-E-H. Meh. Okay. Yes. That's how, what they have me. I'm just, I'm not, what, what, what I'm about not buying in. Thought, what about, look at the starting 11 for this team. Yes. And I don't mean, I'm not trying to knock anybody down, but in terms of what you expect from the Galaxy, right. what about it wouldn't give you a little bit of meh? No, I mean, well, I mean, Bradford Jameson gave gave you the hey, we're going to be looking at the future sort he of excitement. He gave me twenty right? great minutes at the end. No, Bradford Jameson started this game and played. I don't think excellent. I'm saying I don't think he played very well except for the last twenty minutes of the game. He had two plays where he probably he probably should have had two goals. Again, this is going to be one of your arguments. Should have if you score yeah, that count, yep. right? Okay, so probably should have had two goals. Maybe a little young to to score the first one where he got caught and had to slow down. Too young to score? Oh, sh- sure, you can be. He was just, like young. Oh, young the only time you too young to score is like, if it's a real score and you're under the age of eighteen. <laughs> like real maturity wise is what I'm saying. It was just he he learned from that mistake of getting caught there at the end. So I thought he played an excellent game. He showed a he spark. played better he, when Giassi's art has gone on the field. Of and the reason behind that is there's another guy that wanted to run. Yes, and that was the whole thing is if, if you can point. Bradford downhill, you can get him rolling. Well, the difference of what Jesse Zardes comes into the game, now you're playing with your back, and we were playing facing goal. Mm-hmm. And when you play, play facing goal and you're stretching a defense, that's a huge difference for players like Bradford Jameson. When right. Alan Gordon is in there by himself and, and with Jameson, you're, playing, you're, you're bypassing the midfield a lot. 
and you're relying on Alan Gordon to knock down balls, which, by the way, he's been doing a fantastic job of this season in terms like of bringing man. the ball down and, and uh, distributing and doing a lot of work in that regard. But yes. it's also kind of a crutch for a team that's not doing a really good job of pushing the ball through midfield. Right. In the second half, I mean, the last part of the, uh, that, that game, when Giassi Zardes gets on the field along with Jamison, with one of them always stretching the defense, now the midfield has about another 10 to 20 yards to play. That means now the, the players in the midfield can spread out from each other, move the ball, force Kansas City to stretch themselves and have to, to chase the ball more often. Now you have more room to play with. And that's the type of thing over the first 70 minutes the Galaxy hasn't been able to do much with. And I think it's by design for a certain extent, by making the field shorter right. for 70 minutes of the game without Robbie Keane, without some of their starters in there. It allows them to play a more, I would say, cautious game. Right, right. Making sure results. everybody's behind. Making sure everybody's behind the ball. You had Rafael Garcia who was in the center, um, playing with Juninho. So um, Rafa, by by nature, is more defensive, and and Juninho was sort of. Again, I'm not 100% convinced that Juninho is this offensive power that we see him going forward, that he even comes close to replacing Marcelo Sarvis in terms of danger going forward. Do you agree with that, or is, or are you are you iffy on Juninho? Um, I think Juninho's got a lot of work right now. I mean, when you're playing like, with a young guy like our guest tonight, Rafael Garcia, I think he can't be maybe be as, uh, I would say, exploratory as he would like to be. Yes. Uh, last year with Marcelo Sarvis, he had someone that was equally good at going both forward and backward. I think Rafael Garcia does a great job holding midfield. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. Well, you saw the difference when, when uh, Mika Veronin came in. Right. All of a sudden, now there's a guy that's very good on the ball. I think Rafael Garcia is very good positionally. He's very good at cutting out passes. He's very good at closing down defenders quickly and making them make a choice. There is a huge part of the game that that's valuable in. But in that that other side of it, that kind of cultured side that uh, Mika Vernon has, it's, you can tell the difference when he gets on the field. He's not going to give you as much defensively as as, as uh, Rafael uh, does, but he is going to give you a lot better one and two touch passing under pressure and the distribution to not just go backwards and laterally, but to go forward and find that penetrating pass. That's a different level when he comes in. Well, I mean, we should get to the goals and everything that happened because this game started off very quickly. You had uh, Alan Gordon and Bradford Jameson the fourth up top. You had Baggio Husidic, Juninho, uh, Rafael Garcia, uh, Stefan Ishizaki through the middle, Robbie Rogers on the left, AJ De La Garza and Tommy Meyer paired up in the center, and then Dan Gargan out there on the right with Jaime Pinedo in goal. That was your uh, your starting eleven. Not uh, not too exciting, as Jared said. There wasn't uh, a whole bunch of data to get excited about, except maybe Bradford getting that first MLS start and really seeing cool. what, possibly what you could do. But very early in the game, Stefan Ishizaki took a ball on the right-hand side, made a move, cut inside, took a shot, and Baggio Husidic followed up that shot. And here is Joe Gettino and Kobe Jones with the call. Juninho, spray it to the right side. Ishizaki, working up to Young on his left foot, sends it through, rebound is loose, Husidic scores! And it is one nothing Galaxy here in the ninth not happy, but look at this ball by Janino. Great ball to the right side. It is just a, a little bit of a move, and then a shot from Ishizaki. You know, Marin can't hold on to it, but once again, lacks defending from Sporting Kansas City. All right, there you go. Like I said, uh, courtesy of Time Warner Cable Sportsnet, that call, Kobe Jones and Joe Tutino on the call there. So a good start for the LA Galaxy, nine minutes in. They're leading one nothing, Jared. But of course, what always happens with the LA Galaxy or what tends to happen with the LA Galaxy when they score early? They give up a goal. 
That that's correct. That's correct. And here is the Kansas City goal. Namath in on goal. Looked like he may have been offside. The Galaxy thought it would be offside, but not the case. As Kansas City has tied this game up at one and one. And have a beef here. Well, this is just a little combination play. And you see, just it, it's cut through, and he's on, he's in an onside position for sure. That's a goal, name it. But for me, it actually starts a lot earlier. As Dom Dwyer, as he's getting the ball, he runs up the backside of AJ Delagarza and takes him out, and that's what actually allows Dom Dwyer to have that space on the right. And you see, how did I know? How did I know you were going to go all the way to the part right, where, where you talks can complain about, about a referee's call? Thank you, Jared. I did want to complain about a referee's so call. I know you so well at this point. Well, let's see. At this point, that's, what, what did I see? Directly in front of me, A.J. Delagarza get tackled or run over by Dom Dwyer from behind, um, completely taken out of the play, right in front of the assistant referee. Basically, I'll actually, I'll, I'll actually agree with you on this one. I, I think there was a foul on A.J. Oh, Delagarza. Yeah. I know usually I'm the full voice of reason on this, and well, you that, look through your 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 blue and gold glasses yes but yes. in this case i think there was a foul that was missed there was um, there was but, and it, and the reason that you're the voice of reason on this and us and also agreeing with me is because it was a foul that's why no it wasn't because the whistle didn't get blown but oh it should have my been. god please it was a foul bruce arena knew it was a foul the no, AR like, knew it was a foul you can't say it was a foul obviously the referee doesn't agree with you the whistle's not blown so obviously it's not a official foul no i you but know, i agree with you maybe it probably should have been one it, it should have been anyway so it's issue of semantics and, and that really did lead to a, a really good chance yes the galaxy had a chance to defend it coming back and, and sort of recovering but whenever you get that much in front basically the whole play happens because dom dwyer fouls aj delegarza otherwise aj is going to use his body position and more than likely get that ball and, and kick it out so that that was that all right so we've gotten into it you go into halftime and quite honestly jared after the 22nd minute everything just sort of died for a while um, yeah it was a pretty poor finish to the half for, for the casual fan but i think coming out of the second half well i think both sides were both equally good and poor in the first half the second half of the galaxy was definitely the better team in the second half yeah i felt that they were the better team i felt that they imposed their will more if you want to want to see it that way um they won the battles they were winning the second balls um there just wasn't a lot to see there as far as well the Galaxy also just have more firepower to bring off the bench if you look at the three subs for the Galaxy Mika Varanen you have right. uh, Giassi Zardes and Omar Gonzalez and K- Kansas City on their side they bring in Bernardo uh, Anor which is going to be a defensive sub right. Amadou, uh, Amadou Dia and Jacob Peterson Jacob Peterson is just an engine and then by the 92nd minute I mean that's just to kill a game off so I mean, he I, obviously did a good job of it because Omar Gonzalez gets the final goal in the end. But I just think that down the stretch, there was kind of the subs played a big role in it. The fact that you can bring those type of names off of it, that type of quality off your bench, that was a big factor in this game down down the last twenty minutes. Yeah, it, it was, and you know. Um it's 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 Giossi's artist who I think like you said um, really paired well with Bradford Jameson really got things pointed towards it's the a goal different again. game once he got on that it was fun to watch I mean wasn't that isn't that sort of what you you, you possibly envision with the LA Galaxy it's that speed um, well, I, I think over over twenty years I have associated Galaxy with possession like uh, a lot of one and two touch possession that's kind of been the Galaxy style right. all through twenty years but I definitely think that when I look at the the assets at the Galaxy's disposal right now when, it, when you see the Galaxy have a couple pieces in place to play styles more similar to what Vancouver, Portland, 
even I would say um, Orlando that they play where they have those athletes on the field, those horses on the field. When you look at Bradford Jameson, Giassi Zardes, these are guys that want to run. And when you can start playing a type of ball where you can release them, I remember, remember about two years ago, I believe it was maybe well, Beckham's last year here, I, I think I coined on this, on this show that puff puff, ga- puff, puff give yes. Uh, offense, yes. where it's that one, two, th- maybe three pa- passes in, in midfield in the short uh, succession, then releasing a runner into space. Now you see the Galaxy getting back to position where they have those guys with the speed at their disposal to be those runners. I think it was uh, kind of back in the years where Edson Buddle was still giving us his, uh, his career year where you just one two three touches in in the midfield and boom release you kind of lull the, the the midfield to sleep with that couple of combination passing and then surprise them by springing the runner that's what i saw in the last 20 minutes of this game and it was mika vernon springing those runners it, there was there was definitely that that deep lying play from that midfield it was it was what you would expect it was what beckham of, could give it, you in a long ball basically it, it was exactly it was and i think it's something that you could see from steven gerrard whenever he comes in the ability to find absolutely that that pass but the other thing that sort of excited me was that if you get Bradford Jamison to play in, let's say, a right wing position and you get Jose Villarreal to play in a left wing position, not only do you have youth on your side, but you also have added speed with Jossie's artists and possibly, you know, and Robbie Keane up top. You're you're getting you're infusing the galaxy with speed, which is, I think, something that Bruce wants, but has hasn't found yet. You get a winger in Bradford Jamison, which is something that Bruce wants, but hasn't found. Why are we yet. trying to turn these guys into wingers? Because where else are you going to play Bradford Jamison? Where else you are you gonna don't. Play? You play Jose Villarreal instead. Okay, so you're going to play Jose Villarreal on the left side. Yeah, you play um, him okay. on the left, you play Ishizaki on the right, and you play Bradford Jameson on the bench. He's 19 years old. He's not even that. He's 18 years old. Okay, he's 18 years old. Why does he need to start? He doesn't, but with the way that he played in the last game, I think that you he could say— He played 20 good minutes. He played more than 20 good minutes, Jared. Okay, Definitely. but Jose Villarreal has played good for all season long. Well, the, Jose Villarreal was given a chance to start and then started playing well, and now you can't take him off the field. This is Bradford's first start. He got the start. He played well. It's like send him back in, put it in again. And with the injuries the Galaxy have, I don't see how you don't look for Villarreal's him to play gonna again. going to be ready to start in the next game or so. Uh, he got injured in the U23 game again last night, which is okay, something that Okay, but you don't know talk. how—listen, some people are saying that he could have played in that game still. Uh, maybe. I talked to him afterwards. I covered the game. We can talk about it in the, in the Galaxy News, but he said he pulled out whenever... Hey, excuse me. He came off the field. See, you already got me all crazy. Why he, is that my fault? Yeah, I know. Well, it is your fault. It's always... You get me all, all frazzled. Anyway, no, he came off the field whenever he felt his... Um, leg tighten up and he came off and he says it's the same leg that has been injured and he felt it tighten up he wanted to come off before he injured it any further so precautionary precautionary but definitely not oh yeah he's going to start in new york okay but i'm just still saying i'm saying if jose Virel, all thing being equal jose Virel's healthy right. Bradford jameson is not your left midfielder he had a decent I, I game wa- for part of the game at left forward mid. so why would you put him in left midfield because whenever he and zardis paired up it was at that as forwards no it, it was not no zardis paired up as a forward zardis was technically with gordon granted it could have been they were a three playing man. three strikers mm, come on dude one on of them the may right have been withdrawn from time to time but that was a three striker system towards the end it, it was it was a more offensive system i'll give you that but he could still play that side with his speed and the and he's been playing that position at LA Galaxy 2 on the wing. It's definitely a possibility. Don't just discount him as a midfielder. People tried to Don't discount just discount a starter in Jose Villarreal. I will until he's healthy. How about that? Whenever he I'd comes rather back play healthy, Jesse Zardes at midfield. At least I've seen him do that. Uh, we'll see. For the national team. We'll see. I'm saying that that Bradford Jameson deserves more minutes on the senior team. Let's see it happen. Let's. I, I'm fully behind it. I'm just saying. Let's mid, let, Let's just temper our expectations a little bit for a young kid. All right. All right. 
That's it. Okay, we'll, we'll go. We'll go from there. Um, let's see. We have some more. I want to get to Omar's goal because this was the turning point. It was the fact that Giassi Zardes and Bradford Jamison started really putting pressure on Kansas City. Unfortunately, none of that really proved out, even though uh, BJ had a very, very good chance at scoring um, a, a good stop by uh, the Kansas City uh, goalkeeper uh, Marin, although I don't think he actually saw it um, at all. But anyway, it, it, nonetheless, a, a good stop. And so then uh, late in the stoppage time, almost four minutes into the allotted stoppage time, it was Omar Gonzalez from a corner kick in, uh, from Juninho. Comes Juninho to take the corner. Plays into the area. Looking for Gordon. It comes to score! 2-1 Galaxy! Look at this. We talked about this. They're aiming for number nine, Alan Gordon. And he doesn't get it. It falls to the knee of Omar Gonzalez. And what do you know? Off the knee. And off the defender it is. Little deflection off the defender. Look at this. Gordon gets a little touch. Then off the foot of Alan Gordon. And look at this. You you, you can't ask for a better ending right here. And there it is. This captain, Omar Gonzalez, gets the big goal. Putting the Galaxy up 2-1. Looks like for the win. All right, there was uh, Joe Chitino, Kobe Jones from Time Warner Cable Sportsnet. All the audio from the goal calls courtesy of Time Warner Cable Sportsnet. So please go visit them at twcsportsnet.com. All right, so that's what you had. The LA Galaxy steal one, or maybe they fully deserved it. Who knows? Uh, but Oh, Omar- my God, way to paraphrase. <laughs> well, I was trying to give you your, you know, a little tip of a hat to your theory instead of just going with my theory. So I, I was trying to be nice if... That's your version of nice? That was. That's about as nice as it gets right now. So anyway, uh, the LA Galaxy win 2-1. to Do you want to hear anything from any of the guys post-game? How it went? Do you want to hear Bruce Arena? We have Alan Gordon. You can hear a post from Omar or from Bradford Jameson. You, sir, get to pick. Um, I'll take door number two. Uh, Alan Gordon? Sure. All right. Alan Gordon's always good for a good quote. He is. Alan Gordon after the game. Well, this is a team, you know, we... We lined up with a team with a lot of, with a lot of guys out, and so it says a lot about our depth and our character. Like you said, um, we've we've uh, got back to back wins now at home, with um, you know less than a hundred percent roster and uh, guys stepping up each week and uh, filling spots. You know, it's great. It's good to see. All right, there you go, Alan Gordon talking about the game afterwards and the the depth, the uh, the heart it takes. Uh, to uh, to win that game, um, uh, he was he has sort of as Robbie Keane hasn't been in the locker room for these games. He's sort of been that driving force there, Jared, and it, it's good. I can't believe that you know Alan Gordon, the guy who I was so happy whenever he left the LA Galaxy. I'm really glad to have back in the locker room right now. Uh, he's just a different guy now. He's a, I think he'd be the first to tell you that he's a he's a different type of player. He's a different type of performer than when he left. And I think he said it recently in an interview that I heard that he just he needed to grow. And leaving right. L.A. allowed him to do just that. And you, you're getting back a, a veteran now. You're getting back a guy that wants to take on veteran responsibilities. Um, I think he's been allowed to grow other places. He's come back here. He understands what his role is. And uh, it, it's just a, it's a nice treat to have that player in the stable. It is, it is. And now I want to hear from um, Omar. Omar on the game. you got to give Omar his, his time whenever he scores the game-winning goal. So let's hear from Omar after the game. We got a corner. It's the start to the play, and uh, Juni put in a great ball. I was sitting in the back post. Um, the ball came a little bit shorter than I thought it was, and uh, I think Gordo flicked it so we can give him the assist. Um, and uh, 
went down, closed my eyes, stuck my leg out, and uh, ended up going in. So, uh, no, um, I just wanted to get it on frame, and, and I really did just stick my leg out, you know, just uh, try and get it in there. And, uh, you know, score a goal, you know, it feels good. Come in 15 minutes, um, score a goal. Can't ask for more than that, I guess, from, from a sub. And, and uh, I'm just extremely happy because these guys worked their butts off tonight. It was a battle. Casey came in here, played well. And um, to be on the other side of this kind of win uh, feels great. All right, there you go. So there is the uh, the LA Galaxy post game. Um, was that Alan Gordon in the background going, yeah, when he mentioned him getting a touch on it? I believe it was, yeah. Yeah, I think it well was. Played. Yeah, I, it was a nice little handoff. And that was in the, I think it was in the order that we talked to them too. So Alan had just been done and he waited around for Omar to get done, which is uh, unusual. Usually when the guys get done, uh, they bail right off. But I, I think it was uh, Alan Gordon back there. So um, let's see. The only thing that we probably have time for in this is to take a couple calls, unless you want to get them after I talk to uh, Rafael Garcia. Which one? Which would you like let's to do? Let's do what the fans want to hear. They want to hear the player they want to hear the player all right let's get to it all right so that, that makes sense we can do that um you know again the la galaxy win two to one um good jared you're happy with the victory obviously um now it's all now <laughs> three points three yeah. points you'll take three points any day without robbie Keane, right yeah okay all right i'm just checking don't get so angry i don't know i can't why. believe you don't take it I'm, i I will take the three points I just, yeah but you're kind of begrudgingly i don't i am not it's not begrudgingly at all i'm just i just i just want to go to break we're gonna go to break Whenever I get back, we're gonna be, or I'm gonna be joined by uh, Rafael Garcia. Uh, talk a little bit about his game. Uh, had two consecutive starts for the LA Galaxy, so we'll see what else he can do and sort of where his mindset is. So that's coming up right after the break. Plus, we'll be talking uh, the New York Red Bulls coming up on Sunday, a big game there as well. So don't go anywhere. You're listening to Corner of the Galaxy on CornerOfTheGalaxy.com. We'll be right back. Don't forget to head over to the website for all the latest podcasts, news, and more. Visit us online at corneroftheGalaxy.com. And welcome back to Corner of the Galaxy on cornerofthegalaxy.com. Jared's going to take a break for this segment. It's just me, your host, Josh Gessman, here one more time. And today we're lucky enough to be joined by a man who works harder than almost anyone I've ever watched play the game. He's relentless in his pursuit and wears the colors of the team very proudly. Please welcome to the show, LA Galaxy midfielder, Mr. Rafael Garcia. Rafa, thanks for stopping by. I certainly appreciate it. No worries. Thanks for having me. Hey, yeah, Hope everyone's having a good night. Yeah, we're we're doing okay. This show's a little a uh, little crazy today, but I think we'll get it back on the rails with this uh, this talk with you. Um, I know this is sort of a weird question to start an interview with, but um, for you, I, I I just always see you working so hard. I see the the love and the passion you have for the game. So I'm going to ask you a question: Is why do you play soccer? 
Why do I play soccer? You know what? That's a very good question. <laughs> um, you know, it's, if you ask many guys, I think they, they would all tell you the, the exact same thing, you know, for the love of the game, really. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I grew up watching the sport, uh, surrounded by it my whole life, really. And, uh, you know, I'm fortunate enough to do what I do. And, you know, I, I play for, for the love, really. I mean, it's a simple question, but I think sometimes, uh, you know, whenever you talk to people, you don't necessarily get that idea. But whenever I talk to you, I, I, I feel like I get that idea that you do love the game and that, you know, if you if you weren't playing professionally, you'd be playing pickup and you you'd probably play, you know, video games. You're not somebody who gets tired by the game. Absolutely not. I mean, when when your life pretty much revolves around it, mm-hmm. you know, it, it's kind of it's kind of second nature, really. Like you said, if I didn't play uh Professionally, I, I, I would most definitely play out in the streets with, with friends and, and buddies and stuff like that. And I also think, you know, it has to do with, with kind of my background, you know, <clears throat> Mexican-American and, you know, you, you're surrounded by the sport. And, mm-hmm. you know, my, my dad obviously played uh, not professionally, but, you know, I, I watched him as a kid. And, and that, was, that was when I fell in love with the game, really, and, and never really looked back from there. So, what yeah. we- well, you're linked to this to the LA Galaxy and and to to fans as a local kid. You're born in uh, Canoga Park. You played college at Cal State Northridge. I mean, really, you are a Southern California product and a Southern California, uh, you know, soccer player playing on the best Southern California team. Uh, what does that mean to you? Is it is it something different? Is it something special? Oh, definitely, definitely something special. Uh, you know, you said it. I, I I grew up watching the Galaxy. I. I I remember going to the Rose Bowl with my dad and, and watching, you know, Cienfuegos, Jorge Campos, mm-hmm. all those guys. And, and um, you know, it's it's really funny. My uncle would always tell me, you know, you'll play there one day. You'll play there one day. And, you know, sure enough, here I am 15 years later. And, you know, you you kind of look back. And it, it, sometimes it's, it's it's really surreal, you know. The fact that you actually, you know, you, you kind of got to pinch yourself every now and then. But it's been a blessing. And, you know, I'm very fortunate to be a part of this team. Yeah, did you believe your uncle whenever he told you you'd be playing on the field? You know what? You want to as a kid. You know, you dream, and you always you always want to dream big. But uh, you know, looking back, it's like you you never thought at at that point that 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 would really come true. But you know, fortunately, here I am, and and uh, I want to say you know I kind of owe it to him because you know he he really believes in me as, as well as my my parents and mm-hmm. and and my family. So that that's pretty awesome. You know, we've seen you get some playing time with the senior team since joining the uh, the LA Galaxy in 2012, but this year you've already gotten two starts and you've played in three games. What's sort of been the difference this year? Is it is it up to luck or do you feel like you've you've earned and deserved to get that starting time? Well, I mean, it's it's a lot of things. You know, I've been in the club for a few years now and and you know, I I've, I've worked really hard from from day one, you know. People mm-hmm. always ask me, uh, you know, what's the difference now like like you just did and Sometimes you, you got you know you just you just catch a break you know mm-hmm. a few guys went went out this this uh this season you know injuries and guys in the national team and here and there and you know uh, Bruce really has confidence in me and 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 you know gave me the opportunity to get those starts and get those minutes in and you know when for me it's all about being ready when my number you know gets called right and um, you know try to perform you, you at your best and. Uh, you know, you, that's all. You, that's all you can really do. Really, just prepare yourself, and when you get the opportunity, you know, always absolutely try to do your best. D- does the confidence, Bruce says? You said that Bruce has confidence in you. Does that confidence carry over to you? Do you feel like you have more confidence this year, or is it, or, or again, does it just all sort of play out the way it does, and and you ebb and flow, and you go up and down? 
Yeah, you know, obviously when 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 your your head coach and your coaches and your teammates trust you and you know, trust you on the field, that that's huge for you as as a player. You know, knowing that you know your team has your back, that obviously gives you confidence. You know, and this year, it, it, you know, it it's kind of crazy. I feel like I've been doing the same thing year after year after year, but you know, things change, different variables. Like I said, guys get hurt and. You know, last year we had a very deep team. My mm-hmm. first year was even deeper. You know, Beckham's still here, so it, it's a lot of things. And I, I like to think that I that I actually earn, you know, the the minutes that I'm getting now. So my job, like I said, is to you know continue working hard because that's the only way you you know you put yourself in those situations to to get on the field. And obviously, uh, you know, doing your best each and every day. That that to me is is, is obviously the key. You spent a lot of, or a good portion of last year, uh, captaining the LA Galaxy 2's uh, foray into USL. Um, did you see that as helping you improve, or did, in your mind, was it was it a setback that you were, you know, having to play down in USL and, and not necessarily playing up with the senior team? No, I, I definitely take that as a positive. You know, getting consistent minutes week in and week out in my opinion, only only helps you become a better soccer player. Mm-hmm. And for me it was it was a, a bit of a different role because there I'm I'm sort of like the older guy trying to lead a, a, a group of young young men. Right. And it was definitely a challenge. But mm-hmm. uh, you know, if if you look back, we had a pretty successful year. You know, we came up short at the end. But um, you know, maybe we were just unlucky there. But all in all, you know, la- last year the experience of the Galaxy Two was a very positive experience for me, and, and it definitely helped me to, to get to where I am today. You know, let's go to this uh, this recent time here. Uh, you played against Seattle, earned accolades from Bruce, uh, playing excellent in that game. You got 66 minutes uh, versus Sporting Kansas City. How do you think you've fared so far in these uh, in these two games you've gotten with the senior team so far? You know, it, it's tough. I'm, I'm very self-critical. So mm-hmm. as, as uh, you know, getting... I'm not really a guy that does well with compliments. I don't know. It, it's kind of it's kind of weird. It's just the person I am. So when I, you know, when I when you get positive feedback, of course it's it, it's nice and you know it's rewarding. But to me, you know, it doesn't really change what you're trying to do. Um, you know, whether you do well, or you do bad, you, you still have to keep improving and keep working hard. But definitely, um, getting you know, getting compliments from your teammates and your coach is, is obviously good, but. You know, it, it's tough to say. It's too early for me to really say how it's been going so far. The the season's very young. Right. We still have a lot of games to play. So, you know, maybe maybe at the end of the year we can sit down again and, and I can maybe tell you how, how I think I did. Well, looking ahead to this game against New York coming up on Sunday, it's a game on ESPN2 and ESPN Deportes. The game is going to be played at 2 p.m. Pacific time. Uh, the LA Galaxy versus the New York Red Bulls. What do you think of New York right now, the only undefeated team left in Major League Soccer? And as everybody has asked, uh, is this a rivalry? Is this not a rivalry? What is the LA Galaxy versus New York for you? Well, for me, it, it's it's a very tough game. Looking at it, um, you know, from from our standpoint, we know uh, New York is a very good team, uh, very well coached, uh, very good attacking team, mm. and you know they're undefeated for a reason. So we go there knowing that it's not going to be an easy game by any means. But we also go in there with the mentality that we're on a little bit of a winning streak, and and we'd like to continue that to to a third game, but. Like I said, um, it, it's not going to be easy. They play very well at home. And, you know, people tend to add the East Coast, West Coast rivalry type of thing in there. 
But if you ask any any guy in the team, I, I think they tell you we'll treat this as as any other game. Um, but we also do want to win on the road. We haven't we haven't done that uh, in some time. So right. we we're just you know we want to keep pushing forward and and ride this little streak that we have and and see if we could uh, make it make it three games in a row that we that we get W. You know the the LA Galaxy having to play a little shorthanded, like you said, with injuries. Um, you know, without Robbie Keane, the game against Sporting Kansas City didn't start with Omar Gonzalez or or Giassi Zardes. Um, what did that team or what did y- your team learn about maybe itself a little bit with playing a little shorthanded and and squeaking out, or I shouldn't say squeaking out, but earning uh, two really good results in conference uh, two weeks in a row? Well, I think it gives the team confidence knowing that you know guys who step in there and get the job done. Obviously, you you want guys like Keane, Omar, and Jossi in there every game because those guys, you know, are very good at what they do, and <clears throat> they kind of carry the team. But I think if you ask any of the guys, they'll they'll tell you that you know we feel confident with any lineup or any formation that we go in there, and you know, grinding out results is is part of the process. You know, sometimes you don't play so well, mm-hmm. but the the fact that we're able to get two uh, two big wins at home for us was uh, was very rewarding. Well, very good. Well, we want to wish you all the best as you guys uh, take off for New York on Sunday. Uh, should be a very exciting game. Again, the game on ESPN2 and ESPN Deportes. Make sure you tune in there. Go to the watch parties and, and follow. And Rafa, we certainly hope uh, to see your career continue in this uh, upward path right now. And maybe you get some more minutes here with the senior team. We'll look forward to seeing you on Sunday. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. Thank you for having me. And um I hope you guys all have a a very good night. Awesome, Rafa. Good luck. We'll talk to you soon. All right, that's Rafael Garcia from the LA Galaxy. Um, you know, really had some some good minutes against Seattle and some good minutes against Sporting Kansas City. I hope that he can continue that and only uh, look to build on that. So very good of Rafa to uh, join us uh, tonight. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to go ahead and take a break. Whenever I get back, I'll be rejoined by Jared Dubois. We have some LA Galaxy news to talk about. We have some standings to go over, and we will get you ready for that New York game. All right, so still a bunch to get to, so don't go anywhere. You're listening to Corner of the Galaxy on cornerofthegalaxy.com. We'll be right back. COG Studios and not their mom's basement. It's Corner of the Galaxy. Hey, this is Chris. This is Eddie. This is Jason. And we're from Back Pocket Memory, and you're listening to Corner of the Galaxy. And welcome back. We're here once again. Just got done talking with Rafael Garcia. A great interview, as always. I enjoyed it anyways, Jared. I don't know if you did. It was just... It's it's behind the scenes, Jared. You're supposed to go with it. That's how we record. Yeah. Yeah, I know. Exactly. Uh, What a a fantastic interview. It was awesome. Super awesome. So, the way we record shows sometimes, I I guess I should should let everybody in. The way we record shows sometimes is we record the interview first, 
and then we come back and we talk about it and, and everything happened. Well, in this particular case, we're actually recording the interview afterwards, so we're not even sure that the interview will actually happen. But so we should have we do two different takes on this? It, like, uh, no, because we're already invested. Technically, we already recorded the show saying that he's going to be on. So we'd have to go back and record a whole bunch of other oh, things. Oh, I'm not trying did. to do that. Yeah, exactly. So we just sort of have to go with the flow and pretend like he was just on. Although I'm sure if he does come on, that it will be great. But he's not scheduled to come on until a little bit later. So people who are live on Periscope are flipping out right now. They don't understand. Which you can follow us on Periscope and listen to We're the show. We're just destroying watch, the illusion. Watch, it's like when the, the wizard live. pulls it's, back the curtain. They put back the, wiz- the curtain on the Wizard of Oz. It's just an old dude pulling levers. Yes. Yes, exactly. That's what's going You're on You're that right old now. dude pulling levers. That I am. I'm, well, can I be like the middle-aged dude? I'm not even middle-aged. Could I be the younger dude pulling levers? If you had to be one of the characters from Wizard of Oz, which one of the three guys would you be? Rather be Scarecrow, the Tim Man, Dorothy, or oh wait, that I, for some reason I thought a, you were going to say that. that. That's weird. That, that wasn't a choice, was it? You were going to yeah, say but else. no. I mean, if she looks like the most likely to listen to Taylor Swift, so totally true. All right, on to LA Galaxy team news. As uh, we spoke about a little bit earlier, Jose Villarreal and Oscar Sorto played in the U.S. men's national team U23 game against Mexico. Uh, the U.S. was victorious, three to nothing winners over uh, over the Mexican U23 team. It was a um, a tale of two halves. I, I was there. I got to cover it. Got to talk to Jose Villarreal and Oscar Sorto after the game. Um, just really rough game in the first half for the U.S. Um, didn't play particularly well, and Oscar Sorto had two pretty big mistakes that should have led to Mexico goals, but the finishing sort of let Mexico down. Um, the, gal- or the Galaxy, the U.S. came out in the uh, second half and really just dominated. Got a goal against the run of play to start and then put two more using their height and their physicality. Jared, it was good to see the U. 23s um, off to sort of a productive start, but there's, so there's a lot of Bradford, work. So if Bradford James is such a better midfielder than Jose Villarreal, how come he's not playing for the U.S. 20, under-23 team? Because he's on the U-20 team, and he just turned down a call-up to go to U-20s because he was, because he was pretty sure along with Bruce and Todd Ramos, the, the coach of the U, U-20s, that he was going to get playing time um, with the I LA think you're Galaxy. basically just calling Andres Herzog kind of crazy for choosing Villarreal over Jameson. No, no, not at all. I'm not, that's, this is just the way it is right now. I, it, it, BJ right now is going to be on the U-20s, and Jose Villarreal is on the U-23s, along with Oscar Sorto. Um, you know, the big news, like we said, Jose Villarreal only played 16 minutes in this game, came in as a first-half sub for an injured player on the U.S. team, came out 16 minutes later, um, and uh, basically had the same injury or felt tightness in that left hamstring that he had had an injury on before. Yeah, I haven't got to watch Oscar Sorto play, I think, at all. Mm-hmm. I don't ever get to watch like Los Dos or anything right. like that. Give me a quick synopsis of him as a player. I always hear good things about him at playing right back. I hear he can also play center back if needed. Yeah. For those Galaxy fans that maybe don't know about him as an upcoming player, what can you say? You know, I really like his game. He's got good pace. He sort of has the head on his shoulders like AJ Delo Garza and is kind of built like him, unfortunately. Maybe a little bit taller, um, but but not much. I it just I like his positioning. Um, usually he does really well on one-on-one defending, which I love. So he takes those guys to the outside, can usually do a pretty good job, even here at the international level, the youth international level, doing doing a good job uh, on that. He's just, right now in this, in this particular game, he was prone to some mistakes, and I think that's sort of uh, what he's trying to iron out. But overall, he does well getting forward, good crosses. 
um, in from that that right back role. So I really like him. Um, I'd love to see him continue to develop, and uh, hopefully he'll be playing for the uh, the senior squad. You know, sooner rather than later. Obviously, uh, hopefully there's no injuries that actually force him to have to do that. But I like to him develop. Yeah, he's right in a tough position right now with uh, four good uh, fullbacks ahead of him. That's okay. I mean, some of those guys are getting older. I think that there's going to be some stuff that, that you know comes down in the next couple of years. He's not an immediate. He has to play. Um, Jose Villarreal. He's kind of messed up. You're wishing ill will on older fullbacks. <laughs> I'm, I'm. I'm not. I said no. I said I wasn't. I'm hoping there were no injuries, but very well. Um, you know, if they, if need be, he can come in. I, I feel confident that he could play at the MLS level. I think it's better that he develops right now with Lostos um, down in the USL and, and keeps getting minutes because I think that will benefit him in the long run. Want to see him getting consistent minutes. So it was fun to see him. Talk to both of them after the game. You can go to cornerofthegalaxy.com to see my game recap focusing on both of those players. All right? All right. Right on. Now we go to the standings. Eastern Conference, Western Conference. Um, what's your surprise right now, Jared? Where are you at? Oh, the team that's going to be playing the LA Galaxy this week. I think New York Rebels are a lot of people's surprise so far in the season. 3-0-2 on the season. First place, um, best points per game in the entire league at 2.2. Um, I, I think that's... I kind of am always wary of the team that leads out the gate in MLS. I think it's rare you see a team go wire to wire in this league, uh, especially since there's such an influx of players midway through it, usually from uh, the offset from uh, as the transfer window opens. It's also right. a tough league to stay consistent in. Um, I think what's going on with the Rebels right now, not to take anything away from them, I think they're a good team. I think what's happening right now is that they're not one of the teams that a lot of teams in the league were game planning for at the beginning. Right. I think it was a team that you really had to see four or five games of to see what is going to happen. A lot of change in this team since last season. Jesse Marsh now in it as the coach. Thierry Henry is no more. Olave is no longer there. Mm -hmm. It's uh, Andrew Jacobson, who was a fixture for them in midfield, is is now gone. They've brought in a number of key players that are, are different and new. And I don't think a lot of teams knew how to play New York Red Bulls come week one. I think the Galaxy this weekend may be the first team that's had enough history, enough game tape tape to watch to maybe figure out how to unlock this team. I don't think they're necessarily as good as their record is showing. Don't get me wrong. I think they're one of the better teams in the league right now. Do I think they're the number one team in the league? Not so much from what my eyes can tell me. But they will ride Lloyd Sam as far as they can go. Yeah, you know, it's going to be an interesting game. I certainly see that. But I thought, of all the people who you thought would, would sort of stick out to you, I, I figured New York in the East, but in the West, it's it's Vancouver, isn't it? Um, I think Vancouver, I may be surprised they're leading the West, but I, I definitely thought they had the potential to do so. Really? The thing about Vancouver, oh, I think they're tremendously talented. Right. They're one of the most talented teams in the entire league and one of the younger teams as well, if you take Nigeria Coker out of mm-hmm. it. But I think what... It's taken people up to surprise is that talent doesn't always produce and it doesn't always produce consistently. Mm-hmm. So I think I'm, there's a little bit of surprise at how much of the talent in Vancouver is stepping up. That, that Waston is having another good season in, in defense. Everyone knew Pedro Morales was going to be good. Kakuta Mane is evolving into a consistent contributor. They're even getting goals out of Darren Maddox, which they couldn't get for stretches at, over the last two to three seasons. So right. I think you're seeing a lot of things coming together in Vancouver. Once again, like New York. Can they keep it together for that long, for a long period of time? Because, like I said, talent 
is something that you can ride, but can you always lean on it for, for the entire season? I don't know. They're going to have to go through – See, look at New York doing a revolution last year right. and even the year before. They are a talented team. They needed the influx of a consistent performer and a veteran in Jermaine Jones to really show any consistency, though. They always had the talent. Vancouver's like that right now. Is Nigel Rio Coker the Jermaine Jones of that team? Maybe if you think about it as a as a veteran presence that's going to solidify a lot of the young talent, maybe. I just don't know if he's got the gas in the tank to do a full season. Yeah, well, whenever you look at it, the Vancouver Whitecaps leading in the Western Conference, having played eight games played. Um, New York leading in the East, having only played five games, but like we said, still undefeated. The only team in Major League Soccer still undefeated at that 3-0-2 mark. Um, DC United at 11 points in the East, and second place New England at third with 11 points. So you have first, second, and third all tied on points and and separated probably by... What are are we separating by? Goal differential? Wins? I don't even... Have we figured out tiebreakers? No, it's different every year. I know. It it drives me crazy. So Columbus crew uh, in fourth in the east. Orlando City in fifth and Chicago Fire in sixth. The last Orlando City's real deal. I I like what they're doing. I think they have got some inconsistent production, especially with their finishing. But I love the style of play they're trying to play. I would much rather watch Orlando City over uh, NYCFC any day of the week. They play just a much more attractive style. Win or lose. I like watching play. And I love watching Kaká as both a player and as the right type of professional to have in this league. It's it's fun to watch and you know the added bonus of Orlando City actually plays on a real soccer field whereas New York plays on tiny little postage stamp they call in Yankee Stadium. It's it's really bad. So anyway, we go to the West. Vancouver obviously 16 points at first in the West. FC Dallas who started out hot like they normally do at 13 points in second place. The LA Galaxy who were at one point I think two weeks ago in the very very bottom spot number 10. You can see how quickly you can rise just by winning some games. Uh, the LA Galaxy in third place with the 11 points, Seattle in fourth with 10 points, San Jose. And what did I tell you before game one this season? I said again today, what does the Galaxy have to be at for points per game come Gerard? One and a half. You said one and a half. half. 1.57 right now. They are meeting expectations, at least from my perspective right now. 1.5 points per game is good for third place in either league right now, in either, either conference right now. Yes. So I think it's a totally appropriate number to go after and I stand by that now what seven games into the season come June if they're still there they're gonna be okay yeah, it, it, it'll be interesting, and obviously it'll be interesting to see how uh, Steven Gerrard even comes in and fits into the to the squad. I mean, that's a whole other question that starts getting pretty close to being answered as we keep moving through this month and, and head into June, um, you know, not too far in the near future here. So it's 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 coming. It's happening. Uh, it, some changes are going to have to happen, and it'll be interesting to see how the Galaxy adjust and do that. I, let's get to some calls that we missed in the first. I want to get to them just because you guys call in. We want to get to them. One of these ones I want to play is talking about the parking situation. Jared, I don't know if you knew this, but uh, it, during the Sporting Kansas City game, there was also a, a fight at StubHub Center. So there were two events being held at the same time at StubHub Center. And unfortunately, our good friend Scott, your friend Scott, my friend Scott, um, he, was, he was caught outside. So let's, uh, let's hear what he had to say. Hello, Josh. This is Scott calling from Beautiful and Tina. Just wanted to call and touch, touch upon the parking fiasco that happened at the game last weekend. My wife and I were driving to the game. We were just outside of Lot C, or we're, I'm sorry, Gate C. We usually pull in about 7.05 p.m., and we were still outside of the gate at 7.45 when we were redirected all the way to the front gate. We were finally 
was finally able to get in. And as we were pulling in, the uh, the parking situation was so terrible, they said, oh, we're not charging parking, even though I'd already paid for parking with my season ticket package. So I highly doubt the Galaxy is going to reimburse me for the money that they already took from me for that. All right, so that that's Scott's, and you know he goes on to to tell you more about his experience there. And the the thing I can tell you is um, that he wasn't the only one. Twitter was alight with parking issues, and you have to understand, Jared. You know that StubHub Center and the LA Galaxy are technically two separate entities, and that sometimes they don't do a great job of communicating between the two. Um, yeah, but this is pretty egregious. It is. It's not good. This didn't look good. In fact, I can tell you that there were some parents of players that didn't make it to the game on time because of this particular issue. And You know, and as a fan, I'm willing to put up with a lot. I paid $15 for parking. Or 20 I understand there's going to be... Or 20 Yep. I understand there's going to be traffic. I understand that there's going to be a lot of stuff to go on, but that's going to be outside. But the thing that's hardest as a fan is when you make your effort and you miss part of the game. Because that's what you're paying for, all this. That's what you're there to be. When you miss those minutes, you can't get that back. So if you miss that, those 10, 15 minutes of the game, that really bums me out as a fan. And it's a hard thing to combat. I, I think this is the parking and um, basically like uh, arena issues have been something that's plagued the LA Galaxy since they first got, they got there. I think it's been better, especially with the food situation for a long time. Levy Restaurants was doing the bare minimum and not really satisfying the fans from a food, drink, and the atmosphere perspective. I think they've made really good stretches on that over the last couple of years. But there's still infrastructure issues that are just not acceptable. Yeah, yeah, there's still some issues. Especially when you're going to pay 15 to $20 every other time you go there. You expect better. I know that the LA Galaxy were aware of the issues. I know that they were trying to work on them as they were happening. I know that uh, they were trying to get uh, you know people to send them emails that way they could possibly take care of some of these issues. So if you had a parking issue out there, um, you know, I, I would suggest reaching out to them. I, I know they want to do the right thing here because they don't have a lot of control over it, but they do. They can voice the opinion of the fans to, um, to StubHub Center. It needs to be done a better job. That's the bottom line. I got stuck in some parking issues the very first game of the year, um, so so it's it's not and I know how to get around just like most of our fans do. They know how to get around, but still uh, very interesting. All right, uh, I, Ronell, I know you called in. I'm not going to have a time to get to your call. We're going to run out of time here, but um, you know, I thank you for calling in. Please keep doing it. We'll we'll keep playing those calls again. Uh, the COG hotline is nine four nine three eight five two six four one nine four nine three eight five two six four one. The LA Galaxy will go up against the New York Red Bulls. I know we've already talked about it just a little bit here on Sunday, April 26th at 2 p.m. Pacific time. It's on ESPN2 and ESPN Deportes, so please find it there on your televisions. Go to those official watch parties. Uh, This will be... An elevated game. I, I don't want to see. People were asking whether or not it's a rivalry. It's they're not. A, at, they're playing at altitude. But yes, yes. It, uh, it, they're playing as Azteca at seven thousand feet. That's why that I'd be interested to watch that, that for sure. But um, it's it's elevated in intensity because it's L.A. versus New York. Although these games tend to not pan out and be well, that exciting. Which, which which rivalry is now the official L.A. versus New York? Uh, yeah, huh? Exactly. Whichever one wants to step up and actually make this a rivalry, if we could. I'll say this. It's always nice to play against a former Chiva in in Kasasha Question. Yeah, it is. It is, and especially somebody that could have possibly come to the LA Galaxy but didn't. Yeah, I don't know sure how much of that is on him though. It's not. The league has certain structures that I may have kept him from. But I'll say this: hate every him time I, anyway. Hate him but, anyway, Jared. Listen, every time I see Marcelo Sarvis play for Colorado, and every time I watch Kofi Apari play for DC United, those are my I boys. I think 
F Sasha Kleschen. There you go. I agree. I agree. Because 100%. those are structural moves we made inside our team and gave away good talent to try to bring him in here. And I said, I don't even know if it's his fault, but it makes me feel better to think it is. What, what do you have this game? Give me your prediction. I know you talked about it already and sort of the changes that have gone through. Where do you see the key matchup for the LA Galaxy? Uh, for me, it all comes down to Lloyd Sam versus uh, Robbie Rogers. Um, excuse me, Lloyd Sam versus um, Dan Gargan. Uh, assuming that he'll be out right on the right, um, there is a possibility that Bruce Arena switches it up, puts AJ De La Garza there to get someone a little bit more fleet of foot to match up against Lloyd Sam. And then, um, if, well, Lloyd Sam switches. He could play against Rogers or he could play against. Um, or he can play, play against AJ De La Garza. He, sometimes he plays on the right, sometimes he plays on the left. Most of the time, I see him on the right for New York. But wherever he is, he's the danger man. Defenses tend to collapse around him, double team him in the corner, which opens up space in the midfield for a Bradley Wright Phillips or a late arriving uh, Felipe or Sasha Kleschen to come into that into that space. So obviously, outside of that, Dax McCarty's having a killer season as a new captain for the New York Red Bulls. He's a type of he's a classic captain. He's a man's man's captain. He's a captain in the vein of Roy Keane mm-hmm. the guy that's going to go out there and destroy for, for your team and bleed and a guy you want to follow I love Dax McCarty and I love him as a captain I think that's one of the best things to Jesse Marsh did since he came in he found a version of himself and made him captain really good call right there so I'll say that I think you if you're LA you want to pressure that middle of defense I'm still not sold on um, uh, Miazga or uh, Perinel I don't know that either of them are really a true um, good center back pairing uh, in MLS so I think if that that's where I go I think a lot of it hinges on whether or not uh, did, did Robbie Keane make the trip we don't know yet. We don't know. We're recording on uh, Thursday night. They leave on Friday. I would anticipate that he po- that he's not going to play. I just haven't heard a lot of the positive things about him playing. So that probably means he also, will play. Could, yeah, it could be Bruce Arena <laughs> playing games. Absolutely. So, uh, so that is it. The, uh, the LA Galaxy versus the New York Red Bulls. Um, it is, again, on Sunday at 2 p.m. Pacific time. That's ESPN2, ESPN Deportes. Uh, should be a great game. Make sure you check it out. And again, get those official viewing parties and get that stuff done. All right, Jared, anything else? Else, uh, you want to say before we get on out of here? You want to tell people where they can find you real quick? Uh, you can get me on Twitter at jrodius, J R O D I U S. You can also get me live Sunday nights and a podcast Monday morning of the best soccer show, talking all things MLS, U.S. soccer, and American soccer in general. All right, and if you're looking for me on Twitter, it's J Gesman, J G U E S M A N. And of course, go follow us on Periscope. You could have watched all of this train wreck live. That's right. You get the behind the scenes talk. You get all the stuff in between. A lot of really good fun stuff, so follow us on Periscope for sure. All right, that does it. LA Galaxy, New York, Sunday. Make sure you watch. For Jared Dubois, I'm Josh Gessman. You've been listening to Corner of the Galaxy on cornerofthegalaxy.com. We'll catch you next time. You've been listening to the Corner of the Galaxy podcast on cornerofthegalaxy.com. You can follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at Galaxy Podcast. And be sure to check out and subscribe to iTunes, Stitcher, and Facebook by searching for Corner of the Galaxy. And for all of your independent LA Galaxy news, discussion, and entertainment, including this podcast, head on over to cornerofthegalaxy.com. Corner of the Galaxy and its related podcasts are part of Backfield.com. Backfield.com is a collection of soccer podcasts and multimedia offerings covering soccer around the world. You can follow them at Backfield.com. Fans, thanks for listening. We ask that you be kind and courteous to your neighbors as you leave the podcast. We thank you for joining us and look forward to seeing you here again. Until then, I'm Michael Araujo, and on behalf of the entire Corner of the Galaxy crew, goodbye. Goodbye.